Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Praise God. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Feliz Dia del Padre. Are you guys okay this morning? Is that a little touchy or something? I'm like, everybody get quiet. It's like, last week we were all turned up and everything, and now everybody's just all quiet. Can we keep it going, please? We're still 10 years old. 10 years old one week. If it was your birthday, you're trying to party all month. God, amen, amen. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. God bless you. I salute you this morning, and I promise you, you know, unfortunately, uh, it doesn't look that way this morning, but usually church on Father's Day is the least attended day during the year. Wow. But you guys continue to show me some different. Amen. We got some men of God up in here, Brother Carlos. Man, I mean, you have rights. Some of you guys, it's your birthday today and Father's Day. You still came to church. Amen. Could have been somewhere else. Indeservingly, but you know what? When you put God first in your life, you can expect some great things. Amen. Amen. So, I'm not going to be before you guys long because it's Father's Day, and I want to make sure that uh, everybody that's not a father has an opportunity to serve a father all day today. I'm, we're going to get our, 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 our stuff, the well-deserved things that we need, right? That's all I'm saying. I need, Devin, I need some, some service today. You got me? Okay. I want all the dads to relax when you get home, take your shoes off, and let your children and everybody rub your feet for you. I'm looking at the kids in the back. They're like, yeah, I'm ready. They got gloves on and everything. A couple of y'all are going to need a big file and sander for some of your dad's feet. Feet, slave feet. Look like they've been. You know that now? Yeah, yeah, yes. So, all right, you guys turn your Bibles. I just want to read a couple of scriptures, and then I'm going to explain a few things. We're going to pray, get some people saved today. Amen. Praise God. And if not, you're just going to be today, you're going to leave out of here a better father. All right. You know, and I just want to want to just tell you also, those of you that aren't fathers that are here with your father or you had a father, however the connection is, it should be an amen because you'll leave here either uh, uh, loving your father more, forgiving your father more, and, and, and having a better father if your father's still here with you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And besides that, like I said, I'm going to give us more time to get served today. Amen. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 through 3, it says, You are an epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. You are an epistle written on our hearts. You guys know what an epistle is? It's a letter. It's a letter. It's something you read. It's written on your heart so that men can read it. How do they read it? They watch you. Matthew 5 and 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. 
You're a light. People need to see you. Okay, Matthew 5. Okay, I found this on the web for Gus set up. Hill cannot be hidden. You're like, people need to see you. Check. Siri is reprobate. Did anybody say, hey, Siri? At least he looked up the scripture for me. It's a little bit more than some of y'all was just doing. Siri's paying attention. Matthew 5, 16. I can do that today. It's Father's Day. All right. Let your light so shine before men that they can hear about what you're doing. See. See. I see. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is heaven. So they need to see your good works, right? I mean, if, if I have to use the vernacular of my old street language, I would say this. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Oh, okay. 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 Praise God. Well, hoy celebramos a todos nosotros padres. Today we celebrate all our fathers. Los que están aquí o los que están ahora en el cielo o el otro lugar. Regardless if they are here or gone or gone on to be with the Lord or if they're somewhere else, we still celebrate them. Porque Dios nos ha hecho vasos de honor because God has made us vessels of honor. Podemos honrar a todos los padres porque nos uh, dieron vida. We can celebrate these men because they at least brought us into this world and gave us life. Amen. Hoy también damos más honor a los padres que hicieron todo lo posible para criar a sus hijos. Today, we also give honor to the fathers that did their best to raise their children. And those of you that are here that are raising your children in the fear and admiration of the Lord. No tengo ninguna duda de que todos los hombres quieren ser buenos padres. There's no doubt in my mind that all men want to be good fathers. I should have heard more baritone. <laughs> El problema es que la mayoría de nosotros no sabemos cómo ser un bueno padre. The problem is most of us don't know how to be good fathers. Or some of us had a terrible example of how to be a good father. Some of our fathers could have been absent, abusive, or neglecting. Some of us here had great examples of a father. Amen. Our earthly fathers are huge blessings. But the goal of every father is to be better. Oh, I take that back. The goal of every father is to have their children be better than they are. 
That's the goal, isn't it? That I'm investing and pouring into my children that one day they will be better than I am. I like the way Jesus said it himself. John 14 and 12. It says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. Jesus is talking about his spiritual children. He says, look, I've done some great things, but you're going to do some great things. And not only that, you're going to do greater works than I have done because I'm about to leave and go to my father. See, I like what it says, the precursor to this, this whole uh, scripture. What it says is the prelude, it says, this, it says this answered prayer or the answered prayer. Isn't that a prayer of us as fathers that I do well enough for my children that when I leave this earth, I left such a legacy to my children that they will become better fathers, better parents than I am, that they will achieve more, go further than I've ever gone, do more than I've ever done, own more than I've ever owned. That's what every father wants for his child. I believe this is the prayer of all of us. Esta es la oración de todos los padres. Señor, quiero que mi hijo sea mejor hombre que yo. My children are more successful and achieve more than me. We all want our children to do great works. Amen. As we read the scriptures earlier, we need to see something, dads. It's not about talking about it. It's about being about it. So many of us as fathers like to talk a good game, but we never show how the game should be played. We can't teach from the sidelines. We got to get in the game with our kids. And we try to look for this picture of how to be a father. You know, sometimes we say, well, fathering is coaching, but coaches stand on the sidelines. Really, I would say, being a father is more like being a quarterback. You're still leading, you're directing, you're calling the plays, but you're still in the game. Amen. The Apostle Paul best spelled out this perfect description and picture for all of us men in the Bible to tell us how to be a good father, how to build good fathers. We find that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 7 through 12. And it reads this, but we were gentle among you just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil for laboring night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you, we preach to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we have behaved ourselves, something that's missing in fathers today, that we have behaved ourselves among you who believe. As you know 
how we exhort and comfort and charge every one of you as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Amen. So today I'm going to give you some points on what it takes to build better fathers and what it takes for you to be a better father. Amen. The first thing we need to look at, the first trait of a father would be this, is the ability to express genuine love. The ability to express genuine love. As we look at verse 8, it says this, we love you so much. This is a love that gives and gives and gives over again. It's even hard, Paul says this, it's even hard to find words to express how much I love you. I really mean it. And I think this is an important characteristic in every father is that we have to learn how to express love to our children. You know why? Because it doesn't come natural for us. You know, you can read it in the Bible. You see it. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ so loved the church. But you don't see that it says, wives, love your husbands. Why? Because I believe that it's hard for a man to understand how to love. We have this perception of what love is, but really it's more like, I love you. I'm here, ain't I? Don't blame us, ladies. Don't blame us. That's our idea of love. We were never taught love a lot of time because for men, love means I'm working, I'm providing, I'm here, but they don't realize it's not enough. You take a woman. Love comes naturally. I could drop a woman on a desert island by herself. She can give birth to a baby. She'll know how to love on that baby. She'll know how to nurture. She'll know how to take care of that baby because it comes natural. You give a man a baby... Most men can't even change a diaper. <laughs> the only thing the Bible tells, look, it tells a man that we must love our wives, but it tells a wife to respect your husbands. That's another message. We'll talk about that one later. But as we look, showing, listen, let me tell you how important it is that we are able to express genuine love. There's a story in the Bible that talks about uh, the prodigal son. Very important. A lot of us are familiar with the prodigal son. He went to his dad and said, give me my inheritance. The cool part about that is you're asking for something that isn't your time to have yet. Because I'm not dead yet. I haven't gone on to be with my father for you to do greater works with what I'm leaving you. But now you want it all right now. You're trying to do greater works now before I leave to go to my father. So what did you, But the father gave it to him anyway. The son left and he spent, the Bible said he spent all that he had and all of his living. Basically, he spent all his money, everything that his dad gave him, and then he gave up who he was, his characteristics, because you guys know bad company, corrupts good guy. He went hung around with the wrong people. And because he was hanging out with the wrong people, he started doing things that his dad had taught him not to do. He ended up in a pig pen. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but you know that, it's, that, that Jewish people aren't even supposed to even touch pigs. They're unclean. But here he finds himself living in a place of unclean things that he should not even touch and eating the food of the unclean because he had nothing to eat. But this is what I find very interesting, is that at his very lowest, he said to himself, 
I could go back to my father's house. Now, let me stop there because this is what most of us men do because we call it tough love. Yeah, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you your inheritance. But you know what? You're going to be back. Watch what I tell you. You're going to go ahead. You're going to do this, but mark my word. You're going to be back. You're going to come back, and you're going to have to apologize to me. You're going to see that I'm right. That's not genuine love. Because if that was the case, the prodigal son's father, if he would have done that to him, the prodigal son, when he came to himself, he would have said this, I have nowhere to go. But because his dad knew how to show him genuine love, he knew even at his lowest in his life, no how far he went, no matter how much he messed up, he could say, I can go back to my father's house even when I act like I didn't love him, he still loved me. So saints, it's important for us as fathers to be able to show our kids genuine love. They're going to make mistakes. You can watch, I'm telling you, listen to me closely. Your kids will make mistakes. They will not listen to your counsel. If you don't know this now, I will help you. Look what you did to your parents. That's why we ended up in some of the trouble we were in. <laughs> so when they don't listen to you, instead of telling them, watch what happens, allow them to make the mistake so that you can leave the door open so when they mess up, they can come back home because you've learned how to express <laughs> genuine love. Praise God. Yeah. I don't have time to give a, a testimony right now, but praise God. Stop. I don't want to cry. My father, my father, God bless him. Every time I think about this, I brought shame on my father and my family's name. And I have my mother and father, if you guys don't know, my mother's here right now. And they didn't raise me to be a thug and rebellious. They didn't raise me. I wanted everything now. I was the prodigal son. I wanted it all now. I wanted everything. And even when I went out and started hanging with people that I shouldn't hang with, making decisions that I knew were against what I had been taught, making bad decisions, my dad or my mom never threw it in my face about, you want this going to happen? Watch, you see? They never did that. Even to the point where I shamed my dad. I'll never forget the day, the last case that I caught. Some of you guys don't know what that means. I got charged. <laughs> I caught a case, y'all. I got arrested. I was facing 25 years to life in prison. 12 felony counts, ranging from kidnap to home invasion. It, it was ridiculous. My dad came to see me. And I know he was upset, but his love was more to him than how bad he felt about me. He came to see me in jail, and I remember going to see him. He asked, he said, son, you okay? I said, I'm fine, Dad. And he looks at me, and he goes, all right. 
and a tear dropped from his eye. I'd never seen my father cry to that point. I had to walk away. I'm in jail. I can't start crying. I'm just being real. I'm being real. I got up and walked off. I knew I broke my dad's heart. And even from that point, there was a time that my dad was just pretty much done talking to me. You know, tough love sometimes is tough, but it's still love. Tough love will bring you to repentance. It won't, it, it won't push you away. And my dad loved me so much that he never gave up on me. I've had some of his friends tell me, they look at me and go, man, you took your parents on for a rough ride. They go, but you know what? Your daddy never gave up on me. But the testimony that I'm telling you is, is when I was at my lowest, I knew I could go back to my father's house. I knew at a time when I didn't, when I was at a time where I was ready to make a life change, that the person I can count on for some type of help and some counsel was my dad. Because I remember calling him and going, Dad, I ain't got time. I know we ain't really talking, but I'm joining the military right now. Should I sign for four years or six years? My dad said, wait, wait, what? You're where? <laughs> you know, he never threw back in my face nothing that I ever did. He looked onto the future and not my past. My father knew how to express genuine love. Watch this, though. Even though his father wasn't able to do it the way he did it. My father exceeded his father. And now, because my father exceeded his father, I'm able to exceed my father. Come on, you guys. I left out a whole lot for the sake of time. Amen. Yes. Yeah, just ask my mom. She can tell you. Praise the Lord. Or my sisters or anybody else. Donald, he knows. Anyway, <laughs> number two, we need to live a transparent life. Transparent life. Okay, what is a transparent life? Let's just, a life we can see through, right? So many of us are so phony and fake. Paul writes this in verse 8. We loved you so much. Here goes that love again. We loved you so much that we delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Now, notice that there is a connection between the gospel and lives. It's one thing to hear the gospel, but it's another thing to live it. Thanks to God, we got to be transparent with our children. We're always talking about how to be honest and, and, and you should do this. It's easy to tell our kids what to do. It's a little bit harder to show them what to do. Has anybody's kids ever looked at you crazy like they had fell and bumped their head? You ever say something to your child and they're looking at you like, You know, kids have bad days, too. You guys realize that? My God, don't have a, a, a young daughter that's around 11 years old. I can handle the 13, 12-year-old kid that's going through changes. Boy, I can handle the boys. When I got three of them. I can deal. But dealing with a girl, they're doing them, you, got, you guys go through these changes. I, I don't know the changes y'all go through. Crazy, right? I'm already struggling because they're developing, and then the attitude comes, and I'm trying to figure out what's happening. But watch, watch this. Watch this. So when they act crazy or they talk back, we get mad and offended, 
And, and we, in our hearts, we go, man, I want them to realize that they did wrong and apologize. You guys ever think, they need, they need to see what they're doing, they need to apologize. But what about when we're in bad moods and we act nasty, do we turn around and apologize to them? No, because I'm the parent. I'm the daddy. I'll tell you guys, this is what happened one time. So one time, Kai and I were in this heated argument. She was wrong, okay? I got the mic. I get to say what I want to say. <laughs> it's Father's Day, yes. So we're, we're, in this, we're getting in this argument, and I lost my cool. I lost my Christian cool. I yelled at her. Some of y'all don't think that's wrong. I think it's wrong in my house. When, when we argue, you know, we get a little bit loud, but we don't yell at each other. So I yelled at her. She didn't say nothing. She didn't say nothing. Watch this. See, some of y'all need to learn some of this stuff. I'm just, yeah, I hope y'all are listening. She didn't say nothing. But I walked away from it because I'm the man of the house. I'm done. I said I spoke. I'm walking away. I don't know if she prayed or not, but immediately, I don't even think I made it upstairs. Immediately, conviction hit me like a ton of bricks. Boom. So I had to go back downstairs, and first thing I did was apologize to talking to her like a dog. I said, you are not a dog. You are my wife, and I don't care how mad I get at you. I should never talk to you like that. Whether you're right or you're wrong, I should never speak to you in that manner. Disrespectful. Watch. Then I had to go to my children who saw my behavior because they learn from what you do, not what you say. I went to Judah and I went to heaven. And I apologized to both of them. I'm sorry for speaking to your mother in such a way. It was disrespectful and I shouldn't have done it. Do you forgive me for talking to your mom like that? And they looked at me and they were like, yeah, I don't think they really understood, but it still set an example. To talk to her is not there. Dad was wrong. I'm not making excuses. I don't care what she did. I'm only in control of what I do. So therefore, I'm sorry, son, for disrespecting your mother. I'm sorry, daughter, for disrespecting your mom. Can you please forgive me? Because I'm living a transparent life. I don't always get it right. And if my kids could see that I live this way and I'm still frail, but I'm a man that depends upon Jesus because I live a transparent life, they can understand that when they make mistakes, there's grace. I'm going to tell you all, some of you men right now, you guys keep getting arguments with your wife, but if you will give them as much grace as you want, giving it shall be given. Everybody wants to use that for money. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men or women give unto your bosom. You want more forgiveness? Give more forgiveness. You want more grace? Give more grace. But you have to live this transparent life. Praise God. Next, next is an unselfish diligence. As we read in verse 9, Paul says, You remember, brothers, our toil and hardship. We work day and night in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. Now, I think it's a responsibility as parents to teach kids good work ethic. I just want to share this with some of you, some of you men, and I understand, you know, some men don't, don't have a job. 
I'm looking for a job, or they might be in a position, maybe you're on, um, uh, what is it, Dis disability or something like that, whatever it is while you're home. I want to share something with you. Your kids don't understand all that. All they understand is, is that when I get up and go to school, daddy's still in bed. Can I, can I just be honest with you? That's all they understand. So they grow up going, hey, when I, when I get older, I want to go find a, a woman that goes to work every day so I can stay at home and lay in bed. I'm just trying to be honest. Even though that may not be the case, but that's what they see. So what we need to do as dads is, if mama's getting up in the morning, we need to get up with her. And then while the kids are at school and you need to sleep, you can sleep while they're at school. We need to show some type of work ethic, some type of getting up, getting stuff done so that it teaches our children that. Look, we, we need to go out in the yard and do some work. Okay, son, get off the video game and come out and help me do some of this yard work. I'll give that credit to Kaya. She's been on me about it because she's like, look, you know, you, your son need to go out there with you and Papa while y'all out there working. Like, you know, that's right, because I want my son to understand this is, a, this is what, I'm sorry, you guys can say, I don't care what the media says. This is man's work out here. Let's come on out of here. Let's, let's work. I, don't, I, I can't do much, but we're going to mow the lawn. We're going to pull some weeds. We're going to sweep the driveway. We're going to wash the car. This is the kind of stuff we're going to take out the garbage because I'm trying to teach my son, if you don't work, you don't eat. We need to teach that. Dad, it's our responsibility. Can I share something with you guys that, that some of you men in here might be, uh, what do they call, blended families? Or maybe you've had a child out of wedlock and you're not with the mother. Maybe you're divorced. You have a child somewhere else. You still have a responsibility to help raise that child. I am telling you, because this, this is how important it is, saints, is if we don't play a vital role in our children's lives, because we don't get along with the moms, the child's going to grow up resenting you. It's not her responsibility for the kids to like you. I didn't get one amen from none of you men in here. I'm teaching you something. I've been in that situation. Let's talk about a transparent life. My oldest boys, two different moms, J.R. and Juwan, two different moms. So I'm speaking to you from a position that I know. I'm speaking to you because talking about somebody teaching you how to love, my mom had to tell me, John, don't do what you feel, do what's right. So you love on the kids, but at the same time, you, you only love on the kids, but you respect the mother. You may feel a certain way. That's none of their business. One thing I wish I would have done more of is, Forget about what's going on this way, but sit down and explain to the mom, listen, I know we're at odds, but we need to do stuff with the child. For 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, a movie, a playground date, going to the park, whatever, we need to forget about us and focus on our child. It's not her responsibility, men. If anybody knows me, I put all the responsibility on men. Because if you want to be a king, you got to learn how to rule righteously. It all starts with you, and it ends with you. We're going to have some ice for you guys after I get done beating you up. You know what I'm about 
Praise God. Next one. Number four, genuine spirituality. Listen, guys. In verse 10, Paul says this. You were witnesses. That means you've seen. And so is God. So not only did you see it, I know God was watching. Of how holy, dedicated, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. Now notice what he said. First of all, we preached the gospel to you. Secondly, you were witnesses of how we lived. We lived holy, righteous, blameless lives among you. Our behavior was influenced by what we believed about Jesus Christ. Listen, God has commissioned dads. He's commissioned fathers to be the spiritual leaders of their families. Amen. We all should be spiritual leaders of our families. If we're not spiritual leaders of our families, then somebody else is going to lead our family somewhere else. I love it that men want to be kings, but they don't want to learn how to lead. What we want to do is, is lead the way we feel and expect that, you know, it's kind of like, this is what I want you to do. Well, Dad, you're doing this. It doesn't matter. You know, it's funny that you sit down. Hey, you should never smoke. <laughs> Y'all are laughing. As a spiritual leader for my children, I'm showing them what to do how to do it, when to do it, and I'm not, it's not even class. I'm trying to make sure that what I'm doing, my daily lives, they see what a man of God is supposed to be like. Do you know one day, how many, people's da- how many people in here want their daughters to marry somebody that will take care of them, somebody that respects them, somebody that loves them? Okay, how many men want that for their daughters if you got a daughter? Okay, watch this. They're going to marry somebody like you. You need to become what you want your daughter to marry. They're not watching. Listen, they're not watching you on how you treat them. They're watching you on how you treat their mama. They're watching you and what you're watching on TV. You didn't catch that. You stand up there and watch all that nakedness and women doing the gyrating and all that other stuff. You're telling a story to your daughter that that's okay. As a spiritual leader, your kids need to see you not just worshiping God on Sunday. If you come to church on Sunday and you're walking around with your Bible and you're acting all pious and you know how to speak Christianese and you're doing all this good stuff, (laughs) praise God on today. Hallelujah. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Gloria a Dios. Gracias, Señor. Dios te bendiga. Then you go home and you start living a life like you ain't even heard of Jesus. Kids see that. And this is what happens. Watch this. It causes confusion. And Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. Right? So when it causes confusion, guess what happens after the confusion? Confusion starts rebellion. So the kid begins to rebel. Some of you guys in here are trying to figure out, why are my kids acting all crazy? They go to, we go to church on Sunday? But Monday through Saturday is a party at the house. You're fighting, you're cussing each other out, you, you, you don't read your Bible, you don't pray. 
You're watching crazy stuff on TV, and then you try to live a different life on Sunday. Wait, 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 wait. I don't understand. I thought we're supposed to be saved, praising God, but then the next thing, I thought, doesn't the Bible say that, that, that sweet water and bitter water shouldn't come out of the same fountain? So now I'm confused. And because I'm few, confused, I don't want to have nothing to do with that because you're a hypocrite. And when, you, when, when all of a sudden, when rebellion happens, then division happens. Now your family's divided. And it's not the child's fault. It's not society's fault. It's the father's fault. We are kings, priests, and prophets. I'm a king because I rule righteously. I'm a prophet because I speak the word of God and I speak life. I'm a priest because I know how to give acceptable sacrifices. I don't give God some. I give them all. And because my kids see me give God all, now they want to do the same like dad. As I bring this to a close. A father has a positive influence. In verse 11, Paul writes, For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom of glory. That's what a real father does. He encourages, he comforts, he urges his children to live lives worthy of God. Anytime you charge your kids and encourage them to live a life that's worthy of God, that's positive. But do you know something, Dad? It's statistically shown that every time that you say one positive word to your kids, that you're saying 10 negative things to them. How are you going to override that? And then if you, if, if you switch it around, you could say 10 positive things to a child, but one negative thing can destroy him. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And because I could speak life, I, I, I have to make sure that I'm constantly speaking life. We are really good at saying don't, you can't stop. No. But we're not good with positive words. Now, look, don't get me wrong. I don't believe in celebrating mediocrity. I don't believe in everybody gets a trophy. I, I don't believe that. But that's dealing with whoever's throwing the event. As a father, if my son or my daughter comes in and they finish the race and they come in dead last, I'm going to run down there and grab them and hold them up in the air like they just won a gold medal. The problem with us is we have this performance-based idea of being accepted. If I do good, my dad will be proud. If I do what's right, my dad will be happy. That's an orphan spirit. God isn't worried about what you do. He wants you to love him. That's why the Bible says he, we love him because he first loved us. God's not worried about what you do. He's worried about you loving him. What you do will flow out of the love that you have for him because love aims to please. When you love somebody, you're not trying to, it just, it just comes natural. 
It's not like I'm going to do this to make them love me. That's why so many of us are having problems in our relationships. I'm going to wear this so he'll like me. I'm going to do this so they'll like me. I'm going to look this way so she like It's performance-based. Our children shouldn't have to feel that way. We need to get rid of that lie from the devil. There's times I go up to my daughter, Heaven, and, and I look at her, and I, I just hold her. I give her a hug, and I kiss her. I go, I'm so proud of you. And you guys, if you know Heaven, she'll go, why? See my 10-year-old daughter. I say, I'm proud of you just because you're my daughter. And I love you, and I'm proud of just you because you're growing. I'm proud of you because you're growing. And she just looks at me like, honey, there's nothing you can do to make me more proud of you. I tell Judah the same thing. Just look at him and say, I'm proud of you. I love you, son. Just love you. We should be able to do that to our kids more often. Don't make it performance-based. If you see them trying something, cheer them on. If they do something wrong and it bothers you, you better step back and let the Spirit of the Lord take over so the fruits of the Spirit of patience, kindness, long-suffering, temperance, all these things will come. And then you look and you go, I choose to be a prophet and speak life. Hey, you know what? I know you probably forgot to clean your room. Son, I'm going to come and help you clean your room, and I'm going to show you how I want it clean. Okay, Dad, not a problem, man. You're doing good, though. You're doing good. You left your pillow on the bed. It's not on the floor. With everything else. It's not performance-based. Fathers, we have to get in this mode that with our children, they don't have to perform to get our love. Because if they think they have to perform to get our love, they're going to have to perform to get their husband's love or their wife's love. And that's performance-based. And I'm going to tell you, anytime you have to perform, you're eventually going to fail. Even performers retire. Even performing, you get, you get tired of performing so much that you're like, you know what, forget it. But if somebody can accept you just for who you are, that's what you call unconditional love. And that's the kind of love that a father should show his child. Amen. So what I want to do for the fathers today, I want all the fathers to stand to your feet, all the dads to stand up. We have something for you. Yes, yes, it's fine. Go ahead and pass those out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pass them out. Pass them out to every dad. It's standing up. Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> Give that man a case of cookies. <laughs> Now, I got something to say to you once these guys are done, because I want you guys to listen to me very clearly. Um, all of us have failed at being a father. 
we made some really bad mistakes. We've not been there for our kids when we should have been. Amen. Um, but today, that's under the blood. But I also want to encourage some of you guys today that maybe your dads weren't there. Maybe your dads maybe have done things to you that are unspeakable. Today, that can be under the blood, too. That we no longer have to be under that curse. That today, God will set us free. Men, it's time for us of men of God to stand our ground and raise our children in the way that God has called us to raise them. But we only could do that when we become the men of God that God has called us to be. It's not about what you didn't have. It's not about what you did or you didn't do. Today, it's about what are you going to do with the information you just got. Jesus said, my words that I speak to you are spirit and life. He says, I've set before you today blessings and cursing. He says he wants you, or life and death. I, I want that you choose life. I want that you choose blessing. It's not about yesterday. It's about today and tomorrow. So I'm going to ask the rest of the church, because I want to pray for you men specifically. I want to say a few things over you so that we can just move on to be a better husband, a better father, a, a, a better parent with God's help. You might be in a position where you ain't got kids to raise or move around anymore, but guess what? You still can go back and be that father, even if they're grown. Amen? That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast, but we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today, or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.